So how are you guys? You great? Yeah, good. Yeah, fantastic, thanks. Hey there, Jules, can you hear me? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Can I'm so, so yes. yeah, we can hear you. And <laughs> we're picking you up nice and clear on the H6 as well. Uh, I want to say thank you, J uh, Julie, for, for ringing me because she was like, oh, we should test this. And I was like, you know what? It's not a bad idea. And it wasn't working. <laughs> so I would have made a complete <laughs> fool of myself uh, and rang you guys and it wouldn't have worked. Um, as well, I want to give a shout out to Kat Marrick, who, who um, is just at, uh, currently, which is why I'm not watching anymore. Sorry, Kat, is doing live yoga on Facebook for the kids. Um, ah, you know, there's excellent. been lots of great initiatives shown uh, during this difficult uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic and a lot of use of things online, which is why I'm so glad we managed to come and do this today, because this was nearly cancelled because of everything that was going on. <laughs> So this is great. Mm. Yeah. So how you how have you been, Julie? Yeah, just um obviously missing the do I'm a dog walker guys, so oh. um and uh yeah, just been missing the missing walking the dogs and we've been trying to sort out with our association whether we could still walk dogs for key workers because I've got two clients at both NHS. Oh, yes. mm -hmm. Um but uh I got my insurance people confirmed and obviously insurance companies are quite clever at finding little loopholes aren't they and it states very clearly if you go if you're not following government advice and we're really? not listed we're not listed as a key worker so I think they would use that as a reason not to pay so uh, I've taken the decision to close the business down for the moment my oh, clients yeah. clients have been brilliant though they've been really really good about it yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? It's such a judgment call for everybody at the moment. You you want yeah. to kind of keep your business running, you need the money, but there's this yeah. kind of there's this wider piece to keep the vulnerable safe and and to do our duty as well, isn't it? It's, it's such mm -hmm. a, a difficult call. Yeah, and it really is. I mean, I'm back in two from. I'm still working. I'm a key worker, and I was <laughs> I was saying to this, I was on a show last night, a live one, and I was saying I felt so privileged, so like I was on the front line being a key worker. You know, <laughs> I felt like I was doing something decent. You know, and I, I still yeah. think I am. I still think I am. I mean, I go to work and I, I'm, I'm a support worker. I look after young people, and my actual job role is to be there. That's my role, yeah. uh, and um, yeah. so I'm, I'm happy I'm doing that. But then I see people on Facebook that are like, "Oh, I'm on my third margarita for the evening." <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to sit down and watch the third Matrix. Oh, this has been great. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, what? <laughs> you know? So, I, I, you know, it, it is painful. And there's people out there that are actually doing real hard work as well. Uh, and David, you wanted to talk about that, didn't you, today? About the people that are going out there and helping out a lot with the, the Royal British Legion and, and the people that are connected to yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Royal British Legion frontline staff are, are classed as key workers for, for the government. Um, all all frontline um, charity workers are. And that surprised quite a lot of people. It surprised me when I found out we were a key worker. Um, but uh, the main reason is really, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of elderly folks that are quite rightly worried at the moment. A lot of vulnerable people um, with those kind of medical issues that are, are prime candidates to, to get the coronavirus. And they're basically the, the Royal British Legion's clients. That That's our, our bread and butter, if you like. Um, just because the, the men and women that we support have served doesn't mean they're any less vulnerable, any less unlikely to get uh, coronavirus. And so they're self-isolating just like anyone else. Um, and so basically, yeah, our, our frontline staff are classed as key workers and some of our fantastic uh, volunteers that we've got uh, by association are key workers. And so they're going out 
doing what they can, um, obviously within the confines of social uh, distancing uh, and just mm. yeah, helping in, in any way we possibly can, really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, how ma- go on. Sorry. I was going to say, how many, how many um, sort of like charity, I suppose you your key workers, because I guess there's admin guys as well, isn't there? But yeah. how many actually, you know, do you have an approximation of how many you've got, like, sort of mobilised across the UK, I guess? Yeah, I mean, or, not yet. So our, our frontline staff, um, we generally have between 10 and 15 staff per area. Um, uh-huh. and we're based on about 15 different areas in the UK. Um, so you've got somewhere between, uh, you know, probably about 100 and 150 staff. Um Generally speaking, now we're all asked to work from home as everybody else is. Yeah, so, like me. There you go. <laughs> so we're we're really just trying to get the support that we can do from our homes. Um, so if we need anything kind of purchasing, um, we can do it remotely from home. Uh-huh. Uh, if we need to kind of get you know an occupational therapist in to go and assess someone, then we'll we'll order an occupational therapist that can still go into the home. So we can actually do a lot of our support, not one-to-one, but we can still do it remotely from home, which is really handy. Um, But then, yeah, there is those kind of national networks of of our branches, uh, and I couldn't even put a figure on that. There are tens of thousands, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I suppose the, the role of, of them uh, is the, the community focus. So they are they live in everyone's community. So they're based in Shrewsbury. We've got a Shrewsbury branch. Yeah. Uh, we've got a fantastic Oakengates branch over in Telford. We've got a, a little Wem branch where, where I live here in Wem. Ah, uh, okay. So, you know, they're, they're absolutely everywhere in every community. And some yeah. are doing things, others aren't, um, because obviously they've got their own limitations as well. Yeah. yeah, I've started seeing some on social media, so um, I wanted to do a bit of a shout out to Oakengates Branch, Bass Church Branch, Shifnal and Board, um, because they've all started um, phoning around the vulnerable veterans, well, just the veterans in their community, the ones that are their branch members or that they know of, checking to see if they do need their, sh- their shopping doing or if they need medication picking up or anything. And um, they're just the ones I've spotted so far, either on social media or while I've been doing my phone calls. And I'm just, it's just so inspirational. It's amazing that they that they are doing it. And um, I'm really, really proud that they are. There are, there are so many tools that are available sort of online and so on the, a lot, you know, of all the social medias, that's good, you know. Um, so to see uh, the, the more mature sort of veterans or, or people that are, are affected by this or could be affected by this, making use of those mm. things, uh, I was really good. Like there's um, been PE with Joe. Which all the kids have been doing. It's on YouTube. <laughs> this guy, but yeah. I mean, I've mentioned him a few times, but he was saying today there was a 94 year old, you know, granny sort of doing it, doing the workouts with him and stuff, and that's brilliant because um, I was reading one of your stories um, on on the the stories that you sent me on the email, and they were saying that like, dance classes have been cancelled and things like that. Well, yeah, there's yeah. so much online there available. I mean, like um, yeah. like Cat Merrick, who I was just talking about now, just doing just do local lady just doing yoga for the kids, you know, and that can be seen all around the world. You know, yeah, so. and I was on a, I did a fitness, uh, like an 80s style aerobics class last night. Oh, nice. uh, <laughs> like an old, my old fitness instructor in the village where I don't live anymore. And I was trying to work out how to watch it. And it was, it's paid. She's obviously, because she's self-employed, so she's got no income at the moment. So we are paying her by direct debit. Um, I, I'm not very good with technology, as Al will contest. Well, you helped me I'm today. Sort of, <laughs> well, I sort of selected what I thought was watching her live, and somehow I don't even know how I started a um, one of these watch parties. 
know. And then loads of my Facebook friends are all joining and watching, and I'm like, oh my god, I hope none of none of them are paying her. This can't be right. <laughs> and I just didn't realise how it works. But obviously, it can get out to everyone, which is the great thing about. Yeah. Obviously, you know the good thing about the technology, and I suppose we're lucky that hasn't been hit. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we could maybe maybe have a look and see if there's any military PTIs based in uh, in Shropshire that fancy doing a watch party yeah. or something, and we can get it into yeah. some veterans' homes. Um, That'd be a great. Although, idea. yeah, military fitness is quite hardcore, but it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, let's talk a bit about the, the Royal British Legion then, because I like to find out a few things like about the, the, the what what the Royal British Legion is, because not a lot of people, uh, well, not a lot of people, there are some people that won't understand the sort of values and things like that. So we talk about your job roles. So Je- Jenny, what is, is it that you do for the Royal British Legion? Yeah, I'm a community fundraiser. So um, I look after all the funds that are raised in Shropshire. So there's one of me or two of me in each county uh, across the whole country. Um, so anything that's basically to do with the poppy appeal um, and... fundraising in general from individual fundraisers who are doing maybe Kilimanjaro. We've got someone doing um, the Welsh 3000, which is, I think, 14 peaks in Wales, not coming below 3,000 miles, Mm. 3,000 miles, 3,000 metres above sea level. Um, So so I'll look after those. Um, Any corporate sponsors that we have, anyone that wants to, that runs a business that wants to get involved, either donating volunteering hours or making us charity of the year. I get involved, but my main kind of um, function in my role is looking after our 52 Poppy Appeal organisers. So um, they are men and women who volunteer and run the Poppy Appeal in their towns, cities, villages, hamlets. Um, And we go from kind of very, very small Poppy Appeals that raise maybe about £800 right through to Shrewsbury, which raises, uh, we're on about £74,000 this year. Uh, we did 84 last year. It was a, it was a big year last year. Um, uh, so I kind of helped them through their, their journey, provide admin support, help with recruiting, um, and just day-to-day support of what they do, because they are incredible. They, they do it all for free. Um, the reason you can get a poppy during November is because of those people. Um, they're the ones that put it out there, that organise their own volunteers, that do the paperwork, that do the counting, the banking, the thank yous. They are an amazing team. So um, I'm really, really proud to this, kind of be part of their team and help them. It's quite a nice ritual. It's one of those things that I like doing every year is taking my boy to the guy to buy a poppy because it puts a smile on the guy who's selling the poppy's face and it teaches my yeah. my boy about kind of uh, what what we do to look after people that have done amazing things mm. for us, you know? Yeah, I mean, we, we had a, a really special year last year and um, we got a, a local D-Day veteran um, who Dave can tell you about who <laughs> hadn't been able to volunteer for in, in a long time. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, so we just made it work. We, we got um, the befrienders in place that were visiting him, brought him along um, to Tesco, and he, oh, he was just like, he was the centre of attention. It was amazing. <laughs> Everyone had to queue up to meet him. It was incredible. <laughs> and um, so it's really nice how we can we can work across teams as well like that. Mm. Um, and I work very closely with Dave and Dave's um, advice and information officer and his case officers and uh, the befrienders. Um, so it's it's all quite circular um, how we can we can support each other, but um, it's so how does, yeah it's 
David, how does your Sorry, role? Though. No, it's right. How does your role differ from Jenny's then, David? Yeah, so I kind of I've got a West Midlands focus. So the whole of West Mids for us is kind of Shropshire, Staffordshire, Black Country, Wow, Cover, Warwickshire, big area. Uh, and uh, Birmingham as well. Yeah, it's a nice big wow. area. Wow, I know. <laughs> so bless them. But I manage a team of um, case officers and advice and information officers. And basically, uh, Jenny's role is to to help the Legion bring the money in, and my job is to spend it, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, uh, the kind of the opposite relationship that I have with my wife, where uh, yeah, she spends it, and I earn it. But... <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this. Actually, <laughs> you know the the the, vo- the roles are very much reversed in my relationship. It's usually me that's been like, "Oh, babe, I've just bought Disney Plus," and she's like, "You did what now?" <laughs> you know. Oh, it's worth it, Alex. It's good. It keeps it's great. Up, it keeps kids busy. Uh, I, I realized after buying it, I looked at Disney Plus and I was kind of like, "Wow, this is definitely more for the little one than for me." Like, yes. I mean, I've I've had my fill already. Three days is I've had it, and it's yeah, I've uh, done my part. <laughs> Um, so the Royal British Legion. Um, can we go back and sort of talk about where where it all began? Where did the Royal British Legion come? Where, where, when did it start, and what did it start for? A little bit of a history lesson, just a yeah. brief, basic one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for um, it started back in 1921. Uh, so next year we're going to celebrate our 100 year centenary, which is really yeah. exciting. Um, and it, it came out of, of World War One. And uh, there was no, back in 1921, there was no NHS, there was no benefit system, there was no welfare system. Uh, so guys from the front line came back with all these horrific injuries. Uh, they came back with shell shock, which is now what we know as, as PTSD. Uh, a lot of limb loss veterans. And, and there was just nowhere to turn to. There was no support and there were no jobs for them. So a lot of guys basically uh, in local communities set up these, um, these welfare offers uh, locally in towns and villages. Uh, and very quickly, it became known that these networks existed. And so they all got together uh, and formed a legion of, of support. Uh, mm. And that's where the Royal British Legion was, was founded from. It's really great. I mean, wow. you, you talk about history before the NHS. And I mean, we, we, we're based in the parade shopping centre in, in, in Shrewsbury. And um, mm. that place is one of the, the precursors for the NHS. You know, people putting money in that are a bit more wealthy to help the others that can't afford the, the healthcare. Uh, and like yeah. the same as the Royal British Legion, you know, people coming together and sort of helping those that have been affected by these atrocities. Um, mm. uh, how, is that, how has it kind of changed over the years? I, I, is, it, is it still got the same sort of values that it had back in 1921? I think our, our values are shifting with um, with society's values, I think. So, I mean, a really good example of that is with the um, LGBTQ plus work that we're doing recently. So, um, historically, it was illegal um, to be lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, uh, queer yeah. uh, in the armed forces. You, you could not come out um, because you would be court-martialed and, and sent to prison uh, and you'd be take, you know, taken out of the, the armed forces. Um, so that that fortunately got repealed. Um, I can't think of the, the exact date, but it was uh, it was not as not as uh, long ago as you would think. Um, so obviously, quite rightly, we you know we want to celebrate that fact that 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 law um, was repealed and that you can be openly gay in the armed forces now. So it's right that our values and our beliefs um, continue in line with, with that vision. So we've set up our own LGBTQ plus uh, branch nationally um, to support those guys and girls that perhaps had that loss of identity taken away from them when they were in the forces. Yeah. Um, but now want to be seen in their own right as, as openly gay and as a, as a veteran as well. Uh-huh. Um, so that, you know, something like that is just a, 
a shift in how we've um, we've moved with with society, really. Mm. And in, in terms of obviously, you know, you said it started up originally as a result of World War One. In terms of the veterans that you know you guys support, um, sort of how far along does that come now in terms of all the different sort of wars or, I suppose. I'm trying to word it in, a, in the right way, if you know what I mean. But Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, our average age of the persons that we support is 55. So, as okay. you can imagine, that, that's pretty much, you know, right bang in the middle of, uh, of 0 to 100. So, yeah. um, we are supporting guys that have just done six months in the armed forces and have come out. It wasn't quite for them and they're struggling on Civvy Street. Oh, uh, okay. And, you know, but we also then support, um, you know, the D-Day veterans of this world and 95-year-olds. Um, that were on the beaches of Normandy um, fighting for, for our, our freedom. So our support is right across the board, and we don't just support those that have served in the forces. Um, we also support uh, the spouses and partners of those as well. Right, Me, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, yeah, I'm a partner. I'm a military partner. <laughs> okay. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of – sorry, Al. No, go, just, please go, please go, carry on, June. Just quite interested in this. So like you're just saying about, you know, even if they're in the army and they've perhaps not seen service, when I say service, they've not seen any warfare of any description. Active, so, um, yeah. Yeah, thank you, active. I knew there was a word for it. Um, <laughs> There's a word for everything in and the And I do, yeah, I know, I know. I have active service, yeah. Um, so, like you say, just six months and they come out and they've only been in for six months. So they're probably uh, youngsters, I'd guess. Relatively yeah. young, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we we've changed our um, policies recently to fall in line with what the Ministry of Defence class as a veteran. Okay. So technically speaking, anybody that served one day in any of the branches of the armed forces can now be classed as a veteran, wow. and therefore is eligible for our support. Wow. So um, now that's not to mean that we're going to throw money left, right, and centre at no, every no, individual, no. Um, but they're all. Um, readily available can access our advice our information our guidance our networks our support and if it comes to it yeah that financial package of support that we can give yeah. um and i think jenny you'll know more than this um being a, a military um spouse but the the military life is so unique that um yeah. you know even if you've served one day or even if it's been a week you could be asked to do something on a training ground exercise that could yeah. have a severe knock-on effect to life um, so it was only right that we kind of tried to incorporate the, the holistic view of, of what a veteran is. Yeah, yeah. Um, with, that makes sense. With, with like things like Help for Heroes and there's lots of other, other companies that are put together now, Like, do, does each sort of uh, charity have its own sort of place? Do, do, do they do different things? Like the, the British Legion, obviously, I mean, I, whenever I think of the British I was a cadet when I was a kid. I never went in the army, but I was a cadet, right? So we did a lot of like selling poppies and things and uh, and Remembrance Sundays and things. And I always remember like the Royal British Legion being for the, the guys from World War Two or from the Falklands. Yeah. Or, you know, the people that are a bit older, you know, whereas Help for Heroes seems to be more directed to people that were wounded in recent wars, you know, that people that need like mm. prosthetic legs and things like that. So my question is, mm. Is does the British Le- Br- the British Legion have its place, and the Help for Heroes have its place? Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll start, Jenny. I mean, um, firstly, we we all work together. So behind the scenes, you won't you won't know this, but when we do some casework for any client that needs a bit of help, at the back end of the casework, once we understand that person's needs, 
will actually speak to, if they've been in the army, we'll speak to their, their former regiments. So if they've been in the parachute regiment, we'd speak to the paras. If they'd been in the RAF, we might speak to the RAF Benevolent Fund. If they've suffered limb loss, we'd speak to Blesma, um, who are a fantastic limb loss charity. If they've had mental health problems, we'd have spoken to Combat Stress when they were taking referrals. So we actually all work together anyway. Um, but yeah, each one, has, I suppose, has a, a particular specialism, I would say. So Walk With The, um, Walk with the Wounded are a fantastic local charity as well. Yeah. Uh, and they're focusing on veterans getting into employment. Mm. So we're by far the biggest uh, national armed forces charity. And because of that, we're kind of at that heart of that national network. And so we're able to fund projects um, for other charities. So we did fund Combat Stress. We have funded the Imperial Blast Centre Injuries um, Research Lab historically. And we've just recently funded uh, part of the Defence um, Recovery um, Centre down mm. in, uh, was it London, I think it was? Um, so we kind of, yeah, each organisation has its place. Um, but ultimately, yeah, we fit, like to think we're, we're at the heart of that network and that we work with all of us, uh, as, as do the others, and solely for the betterment of the, the clients, really. Mm. I mean, locally, we have the Battleback Centre. So that was initially funded by, I, th I think I'm right in saying this, by Help for Heroes, who basically built it. And then we took it on with the running costs. So uh, that's just an initial um, yeah. in Shropshire and we're incredibly proud to have that on our doorstep I've done quite a few tours there and that's for wounded injured and sick service personnel and veterans um, so yeah if you ever get the chance to to check the place out it is incredible and inspirational and that's a perfect example of um, of two two military charities working together for a where is that Jenny uh, is the, the Lillishaw Sports Centre right yeah yeah yeah. But they're, they're, they're incredible. Um, we're hopefully doing, well, it's probably going to be moved now, but um, we were doing a poppy ride, our second annual poppy ride from there to the National Memorial Arboretum, which is yeah. one of our sister charity, um, and back again. And it's it's incredible. So we can showcase kind of what, what we have in the Midlands um, for uh, facilities. Yeah, uh, um, uh, there's a question from... Uh, uh our dd um uh, she's she can't be here today but she's she's writing some questions she wrote um uh, she said the civvy world can be very confusing for for long servicing um so long serving veterans uh this probably mm. more towards jenny being in your situation what is your advice for them when they when they come home into civvy world uh to make it as easy a transition as possible especially i'm going to add with what's going on at the moment and you can't go anywhere you know you can't go anywhere um Connections, I think, is really, really important. My partner's still serving, um, so it's slightly different at the moment. Um, but there are some amazing groups out there. There's veteran breakfast groups up and down the country. Um, and I think they're very active on social media. So we have one in Shrewsbury. They're in Telford. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think where the other. I think might be one in Market Drayton. Um, so if you just kind of Google, Facebook search, um, it's like finding that home-from-home home community that maybe many people missed, um, mm. definitely look into your local branches because um, some of them do active kind of social get-togethers. I know Oak and Gates branch once a year hire a coach that they fundraise for throughout the year and take all the old boys and girls, uh, but you don't have to be an old boy or a girl, mm. uh, to go to the National Memorial Arboretum so they can go and see that and pay their respects and and just have that bonding um, exercise, really. Um I think that there's a lot of support out there now. There's things for um, 
for um, spouses who um, want to set up their own businesses, because it's very difficult working as a spouse. I'm incredibly lucky. We decided to settle in in Shropshire. Um, we're both born and bred from here. Um, and I really didn't want to travel around the country. He can move every two years. Um, and it makes it very, very difficult to settle, have a network, be with your family and, and get a job. Yeah, um, so there there are quite a lot of um, places out there now that are helping um partners um to settle you know kind of establish a business establish a job um help you with your cv um and i think the same if you've just come out we we do a lot is it x forces david we work with um, yeah helping them get into into a decent career not just kind of being spat out the other side and left to fend for yourself there is that support there to get you into the right career that you can then because often they 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 come out of the military before actual retirement age and before they'll get mm. a pension um, so I think it's good to have a focus. Um, yeah, definitely look look into your local regimental associations as well and see if there's there's a network because they kind of know, they understand, they know what you've gone through. They know the lingo. They have the same strange sense of humour quite often. Yeah. Um, they use the same phrases. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Royal Marines have a whole other language that I'm kind of semi-fluent in now after 11 years. I <laughs> can I, Jenny? Can I just ask a yeah. question on? Because obviously this is about you know people are coming out. There's there's the like you say there are some events which if I'm right in what you're saying would mm -hmm. be set up by like a local branch would organise events mm -hmm. where they could get. To, I mean obviously getting together at the moment isn't an option, yeah. um, <laughs> but obviously you know there's the online sort of aspect of things. But also, yeah. if what about those veterans? that have come away with um, obviously PTSD as well, which I know you mentioned right at the beginning, um, you know, Dave was saying, but, you know, in terms of that, so there's that added complication yeah. sitting behind the fact they've just come out, they can't find a job and they've got PTSD. So what sort of helps there for them? Dave, did you want to pick Sorry, that one? I thought yeah. you might, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so th there's actually quite a lot. So I think the, the most important thing to get across is that PTSD is no more prevalent in the armed forces community than it is in the civilian community, um, which is quite a big shock for people. But what you do see is with those that have seen active duty and have got PTSD um, due to their service, mm -hmm. it is a lot more um, complex than a standard civilian's PTSD. Yeah. So that, that's the major difference. So it's not more prevalent, but it is can be more complex. Yeah. So the NHS basically are the go-to supplier now for, for PTSD support. So for vets, for serving for, 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 for vets, yeah. So, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. so the National Health Service uh, called the TIL service, Transition Intervention Liaison Service, uh, and that's where we do all of our signposting too. And then from that, there's two routes, and you can go either into community mental health if your symptoms aren't um, overly troubling, or yeah. if you are classed as a complex case, then there is something called a complex treatment service, which again is uh, delivered currently by the NHS, and that's specifically for veterans as well. So that would be things like for potential suicide, sort of, you know, people yeah, on the suicide spectrum. Yeah, I mean, we deal with um, with suicide ideation quite a lot at the Legion. So when people call our contact centre, um, which is 0808028080, little plug, um, <laughs> our, our contact centre are trained in um, mental health first aid. And we, we sadly do get a few suicidal callers. Mm. Um, so where we can, we try to support them immediately. If there's obviously a threat to life, um, we work with our uh, blue light services uh, and get the guys that, and girls the help they need. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but if if they just need kind of uh, someone to talk to, a diagnosis, uh, assessing, yeah, we make those referrals into the NHS. Yeah. But as Jenny said, the, the big thing then is linking them in to give these guys and girls a reason to live, give them the links back into the military life that they loved, yeah. try to ingre- uh, in- integrate them into local communities. Mm-hmm. So if they love if they love books, you know, let's get them into a local book club here in Wem in the library. Yeah. If they love, um, you know, boating, well, let's get, get them into the Shrewsbury Boat Club. Uh, you know, whatever it is, we've got the local knowledge, hopefully, to, to remove that social isolation and to remove yeah. those, those negative thoughts from that person's head and just get mm-hmm. them thinking externally and thinking, you know, life is, can be good if, if they choose to, to there live was, it. There was um, something that happened years ago. I used to work um, security at Asda. Uh, and there was something like, you know, I, I saw firsthand sort of how, like, m- um, bad anniversaries and PTSD and those bad memories can really affect someone. There's a guy I called Jock, and the reason I call him Jock is because he was a Scottish guy, and I've, it got too long uh, for me to ask his name, and it got weird, so I just called him Jock. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the one day he was, he, I always used to see him in, and he was always such a nice guy. But the one day he was, try, he tried to walk out with a liter of vodka, and I, I stopped him, put my hand on his chest, and sort of like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And he looked at me, had tears in his eyes. His eyes were blood red, and he was just like, he was a stammering like mess. And I just, I took the bottle off him. I was like, go home and sleep this off, buddy. You know, I didn't process him, didn't call the police, didn't do any, any embarrass him or anything like that. The next day, he came in. He was with his wife. He came up to me and he shook my hands and he was in tears and he was like, "You helped me so much yesterday. Thank you so much." Aww. And it was like it was the it was a memorial of the Falklands. It really it brought back things back and it really yeah. messed with his head. Yeah. Uh, and for, yeah. from that moment. He would just come and talk to me and it was really nice. And I think it's yeah. like you said, you know, finding those communities and finding the people that understand what these guys are going through, because not everybody does. I mean, there was another story where the, there's a guy who just come back from Iraq or I think it was Afghan. It's got to be Afghan. Um, came back from Afghanistan and he again had just he just he tried to walk out with something. Uh, he was a shoplifter. And rather than dealing with it calmly, um, the, the the guards from where I was working all just jumped on him and this guy went berserk obviously you can imagine he went at, and he's about eight foot five you know he was massive and I was like oh my god this is gonna be terrible and it was um yeah. if they understood if they knew how to sort of approach this situation you know it would have been better but not everybody's Absolutely. got that knowledge. I mean what we've tried to do Alex is we've tried to work with core partners and key partners in our local communities so um the, the phrase that we're using is veterans aware so you'll see now uh, that we're working very closely with Shropshire Council uh, on something called the, the Armed Forces Outreach Programme. Uh, so we're based in Palmer's Cafe in Shrewsbury, usually uh, down in Ludlow here in Wem Town Hall. And we're trying to access those veterans that we just want to come and talk. Is, is there uh, like, like a, in general. Is there like a social media like page for them where people can sort of... Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to give that a shout out now? So yeah. You don't know what it is? I, th- I think it's at Shropshire Covenant or Shrop Covenant. I'm going to look uh, for it now. Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you just search Shropshire Armed Forces Covenant on Facebook, Twitter. Um, I don't know if they're on Instagram. or I, I don't think, think so. I'm not Twitter. sure. Possibly. Um, they should come up. And they've got kind of like the crest. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Oh. Uh, you, keep, you guys keep chatting. I'm going to find it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do a little bit of searching as well. <laughs> <laughs> You said that was going to happen. Wow, that was amazing. I've got my other half is just knocking on the window to show me that he's caught a mouse inside. (laughs) We've got a humane mouse trap because a mouse has been getting inside one of the cars in the back 
back and eating away at the fabric. Oh, it's God. an old it's an old car, the seats are going, but it doesn't really matter. But it's like so we put this <laughs> humane trap in and he's just walked past the window showing me this mouse no, in his bottle. <laughs> And it's now, I don't know where he's gone with it to try and get rid of it, but yeah. Um, can I, with this, because um, obviously with the situation that's going on now, mm. um, and, you know, obviously you've got the veterans, you know, be them whatever age they are, but they're, they're of an age group that are obviously, certainly those from the old, you know, the previous wars are certainly from an age group that are those in that most vulnerable category. Yeah. But equally, what I've seen and come across is they have this, I was in the war spirit <laughs> um, and seem to keep going out <laughs> quite happily and mixing with people. Um, and obviously that's that's probably quite a concern. Yeah. Um, and it's how are you guys sort of perhaps managing that, you know, they are the vulnerable. Yes, they may well have felt they've had their time. Um and, you know, no one's going to stop them going to the shops or doing whatever and mixing with their friends and going for cups of tea. But is there anything out there that you're doing for that, you know, in terms of that support? Yeah. So, I mean, we've got, uh, give or take, 450 active cases for people that have called us for support at the moment. So the first thing that we've done, the second that the coronavirus um, started to take hold was, um, once we identified those vulnerable groups from the government, we called all or tried to attempt to phone all 450 clients, uh, see if they're vulnerable, tell them, stay home, you've got to stay home. Um, the next thing that we're doing, we know all of our D-Day veterans because we only celebrated D-Day um, a couple yeah. of years ago, um, which was really which was really good. So we're calling all our D-Day veterans. So uh, Les, if he's listening to the podcast, stay at home. Uh, <laughs> he is our sole surviving D-Day veteran in Shrewsbury that we're aware of. Um, so we're all very precious of, of Les. Um, but it is, it's is—it's just reminding them why it's important. Um, and, you know, when you hear of the really sad cases of people that we have lost to the coronavirus, yeah. no, nobody wants to go out like that. Um, no. And so I think when you when you take away, it's oh, it's just flu, you take away some of the myths around the seriousness of it, yeah, uh, and you tell them it's a respiratory disease, um, mm. I think the, the older population is starting to realise now, hopefully. Um, how severe it is i think there was a there was a um it's going around on facebook now it's a bit shameful and it's quite bad but there's that interview that was on um um, oh radio sutton Sutton. yeah and she she got ridiculed basically rightly so on the radio because she was like well if other people get it i've lived my life i'm absolutely fine you know and uh, there's going to be a lot of that in sort of uh that yeah. belief, you know, is kind of like, well, if I want to go to the beach, I'm going to go to the beach, you know. Um, so that the fact that that woman was put in a place pretty much on the radio is going to show that actually your beliefs might not actually be the right thing, you know. Uh, I think yeah. that that thing there, even though it's negative, has its place in 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 society today, because I think like these are unprecedented times when it comes to things like um, people coming into civvy world. I'm going to say someone's just, you know, their time's up. They've just come out of the army today, right? They're, they're buzzing, yeah. right? They're, they're, they're buzzing. They want to get out. They want to do things because they, they're free now or they say they're on leave and they've had something, some real stressful times they've had to deal with. And then they're cooped up in the house, like yeah. 23 hours a day, you know? What would, what would you say to, to someone right now who's just come from a situation like that and they're cooped up in the house? Good question. I mean, I, I would say, I, I would say, hang in there, you know, because it's 
everyone's got to realise that this isn't just the UK. This is global. Global. Um, yeah. I mean, this is going to happen once every, I don't know, you know, 500 years. Who knows? Uh, hopefully this isn't the new norm. But it, it's so special. And the government, um, for all the flaws, have done their absolute best, I believe. And, um, you know, there, there is a lot of support out there. And I believe there's more measures being put out there for the self-employed today as well from the Chancellor. So... Uh, as best as we can, we are all in this together. Um, whether you're left wing, yes. right, right wing, young or old, a parent mm-hmm. or not a parent, it, it's affecting everybody in various different ways. Um, and if you've just come out, um, I would say, you know, fall back on what you know. Um, the guys are, all, are always taught to to um, adapt and overcome. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's still the motto for, for a lot of the armed forces. And this is just something else to, to adapt to um, for the time mm-hmm. being and overcome it. Um, mm-hmm. Stay mentally strong engage with people like you can do via skype you know this is quite new for us um the legion is quite an old organization we've never done a podcast via skype so we're we're, no. we're adapting <laughs> and th- this is something that you guys can actually um use you can use this and you can say we're growing uh you know because of times times change and let's 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 get derek arthur charles and um john and Peter and everybody on, on a Skype, and we'll have like a, a group therapy session yeah. over Skype. I mean, I know there are security concerns with things like that, but if we all kind of understand that we're, we're in it together and, you know, when we, we yeah. talk to each other, the sense of community doesn't die when you, when you take that physical interaction. I mean, as long as the people can talk to each other and talk about their own shared experiences, that's a community, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been calling my um, volunteers, so I've I've got an aim to phone two to three a day, um, so I can get through all fifty-two um, in the next few weeks. And just phoning up chat, it's not about coffee appeal, it's not about volunteering. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one whose dog goes. Crazy. <laughs> sorry, the postman's just turned up. <laughs> this postman, oh, he's uh, he's causing us trouble today, isn't he? He's like, oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Mine's asleep in the sun now. He's all right for about five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been really nice for me, actually, to take some time out and speak to them directly over the phone, just seeing how they all are. So far, they're all isolating. They're doing really, really well. And it's just been nice to have that that kind of 10-minute catch-up, find out how they're doing just, you know, just on a personal level. Um, but interestingly, I've actually had um, a flurry of volunteers get in touch through social media. So I've got I've, – I have gaps. So um, – in an area where you maybe don't have a local branch or somebody's kind of fully retired and they, they can, they're no longer able to deliver the poppy appeal in their community, um, we have a bit of a gap. Um, so at the moment, I've got uh, Wellington, Bridge North and Dorley are, are my, my gaps currently. Um, and basically, if there isn't a volunteer in that community, there is a chance that there won't be a poppy appeal because there's only one of me <laughs> for, the, for the county. Uh, there's only so many volunteers. Um, and it's been quite nice, actually. I think people have been sat at home and looking what they can do in their local communities. So, yes, there's not much we can do now because we can't get out there. But I've been doing interviews over the phone via Skype, um, showing, sending like packs off so people can see what, what the, the volunteering role involves, if it's something that they would be interested in. Um, and then we're basically holding tight until this does kind of hopefully blow over and then we can go for a coffee and meet in person and kind of get them officially signed up. And so it's it's um, it's been quite hopeful, actually, that people have 
started to look at volunteering and getting involved in their local communities a, a little bit more during this time, which normally I've really struggled to recruit this time of year because it's just not in people's mindsets. But I mean, we start planning the Poppy Appeal January, if I'm perfectly honest, you know, um, it's quite an undertaking. There's quite a lot to, to sort and get done. So, um, yeah, if you, if you live in any of those communities, uh, please, please get in touch because, um, yeah, we might not be able to officially get out there and get you get you going now, but there's still a lot of behind the scenes stuff we can do. Can you not? And, um, can you not do like a virtual poppy appeal? I don't know. Um, I'm getting a bit of echo off someone. I don't know if. It's, um, oh, uh, Let me see if it's mine. It's only recently. How's that? Oh, Is that a bit better? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I had this idea just while you were saying that, like a virtual pop you know how like there's uh, something that happens in france or in some country and they, they put like the flag behind themselves everybody can tend to do that yes. sort of stuff what about if you sold poppies <clears throat> um something that you could put on their facebook picture but with uh, a distinctive mm. sort of number uh, uh, you know yeah. a, a number where you that, that says you've bought a poppy you know that you're not going to yeah, copy off yeah. your friends maybe we could do something like that and people can display their poppies with pride on social media i don't know yeah, I think they're, de they're definitely looking into to the. I mean, hopefully we will be back to normal come October, yeah, yeah. but we we don't know really. So I know things are being looked at as to because I mean we're already taking some major steps towards becoming contactless, um, and we've trialed them. I think for the past three three years now. Um, and I've done incredibly well in Shrewsbury with our contactless donations. Um, but I think this has given us that, yeah, we do need to kick it up a gear and have a look at, you know, how we could do things virtually. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting that, you know, we are taking things, you know, it's our 100-year anniversary next year. And, um, yeah. yeah, we still do – the paper poppy is still really important to us. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see kind of where things go, really. Um, yeah, hopefully there'll be some announcements soon. We'll see. <laughs> I think Jenny as well. Um, the other thing that it was a great shame was obviously the bank holiday in May um, was all yeah. set to be our RV yeah. day um, weekend. Yeah. So obviously the, the national events have been cancelled now down in London and yeah. we were part of Warwick Racecourse and I think lots of other towns and councils were going to do something lovely. I've lost about 15 events, I think. Yeah. 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 So, yeah that's understandable. I mean, at the moment, yeah, at the moment, the, the Legion are getting their heads together with the government. Um mm -hmm because we still obviously want to celebrate it in the right way. Um, yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel right that just because the coronavirus um, is out there, we shouldn't kind of put the spotlight on all of these World War II veterans mm -hmm. that, that um, ultimately gave us victory. So we're looking to see how we can do something. And I think, Alex, you're right. I think there has to be some sort of virtual way we can all yeah. celebrate that weekend. Yeah. Um, even if it yeah. is just staying at home and all or talking to, to veterans, if we can, uh, or talking to each other about memories from VE Day. Um, yeah. Anything that we can do to, to light that fire and to celebrate, I think it's probably the, the right thing to try and do. Like a virtual memory board or something. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be lovely, wouldn't it? Let's yeah. bring back the Harlem yeah. Shake. Let's do that. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> you first, mate. You first. <laughs> if anybody's listening to this and they want to start doing Harlem Shakes and hashtag Royal British Legion poppy appeal or something, crack on. Let's do this. Let's, let's start a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go viral. Um, is, have you guys had like things coming in? I don't know. Obviously, there's loads going on about different communities. I mean, one of the one of the big things that we've had come up, and I know Al talked about the other day, did a shout out to them. But um, obviously, Shrewsbury's got a lot of homeless. Um, there is uh, quite a lot of those are veterans. Um, obviously, with 
separate issues as well. Mm-hmm. And the Prince Rupert Hotel has opened its doors basically yes, to all yeah. the homeless, which is brilliant. I mean, all right, they've, I think they've had a few, they've had the incident where the odd one or two have like gone back out and slept on the street, and obviously that is their choice. You don't, yeah. you know, we don't, we can't say they're veterans or not veterans, mm-hmm. but in, in terms of that. Um, you guys, obviously, as an organisation, you know, irrelevant of coronavirus and, you know, irrelevant of any other situation that, you know, freezing floods, etc. What sort of what do you guys do to put in place stuff for like homeless veterans is or is that another one of these sort of subsets that you work with that deal with that? You know, I was asking earlier, are there sort of different sort of like charities that deal with the different elements? Yeah. So so a little bit of everything. Um I think that the important distinction to make from the start is that you can have different types of homelessness. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, there is there are street homeless individuals. Absolutely, and they're, they're the individuals that you'll see on the yeah. street, uh, possibly um, begging, um, possibly asking for for different bits and bobs. So there are there are street homeless. There is then um, sofa surfers. So there are guys and girls that um, move from um, house to house, bed to bed, basically. So they surf and they uh, they've got no fixed abode. And then there are veterans... Which they definitely are, can't do at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And then there are um, veterans who are classed as homeless because they don't, they aren't the primary individual within their home. Um, so they might be staying at a parent's or perhaps they're staying at a partner's, but perhaps they don't want to. They want their own place. Okay, yeah. So, so there's different types of homelessness, um, really, is what, is what I'm saying. Well, I'm technically homeless um, right now. <laughs> <laughs> during this oh, whole thing go. in between yeah, properties I am I am but big shout out to Gloria for letting us use your abode it was great um, <laughs> um, so, it's, so it's really difficult and it, you're right it's, it depends on each on everyone's situation um, we at the British Legion don't own any properties so we can't put anybody into our property um, yeah. but we do obviously work with both um, in, in our area Shropshire Council we work with the ARC we work with Man yeah. Plates over in Telford uh, we work with the street homeless teams and um, various housing associations and authorities and landlords. Uh-huh. So if, if it's right, um, the British Legion can pay to get somebody into private sector renting. Uh-huh. The, the the problem we've got is a lot of uh, clients who are either street homeless or um, are homeless may be unemployed at the same time. And yeah. trying to keep a roof over their head is more difficult than getting a roof over their head. Um, so, okay yeah yeah so make yeah make, maintaining the tenancy basically right. so you know i think we could probably solve the veterans homelessness tomorrow we've got the money where we could just put everybody into some sort of accommodation yeah but that's not right for everybody you know mm-hmm. um certain people c- simply cannot live alone there yeah. are others um, that would never be able to afford the rent there are others um that would do various things with that property that wouldn't be right so yeah. we've just got to treat it on a case-by-case basis use all of our networks and our own resources as best as we can to find a solution that's right for every individual mm. uh, and but you know we're, we're not perfect we, we know that people are still homeless um yeah. but i think sometimes as well that's not because the support's not there i think sometimes their own situation that they find themselves in um they just can't work their way out of it yeah yeah I mean, uh, it's really important that we do actually mention the, uh, you know, well done, uh, Julie, for bringing that up, because uh, the, the Facebook Live podcast I did the other day, I didn't record, I didn't record on purpose, because I wanted to just do something with the community, you know. Um, but yeah, um, the guys from the Prince Rupert Hotel, 
um, working with uh, the Ark and everybody that's been a part of that. Just absolutely bloody well done for doing that because yeah, uh, I was speaking to my friend in Birmingham. I mean, I, I know Birmingham have got their, their uh, bigger problem, you know, a huge problem. It's a big city, you know, with, yeah. with the homeless community. And But he was like, they haven't even tried, they haven't even done anything yet. I mean, that's his word. I don't know if they actually have or not. But <laughs> we actually have proof in Shrewsbury that, that, that they're doing something with the homeless community, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah. What would you say to uh, families of, of, um, of veterans that are getting on a bit uh, now during these times? What advice would you give them to keep their family safe? Uh, I think first and foremost, yeah, stay at home. Um, if we can, stay at home, follow government guidance. If you're not sure, pick up the phone and phone somebody that might know. Um, don't take any chances. It, it's not worth it. Um, and if you are a veteran, if you've served in the armed forces, the, the Royal British Legion is open for business. We, we want to help. Uh, so our, our contact centre is 0808 802 8080. Mm. Uh, you'll have a, a phone conversation with someone over in Wales at our contact centre, the lovely and then um, within a couple of hours, you'll be sent straight to um, to somebody locally at the Royal British Legion. So our advice and information officer, Kenny, will probably pick up the phone to you all um, that needs support. And he'll have a chat with you and see how we can help. Shout out to mm. Kenny. How's it going, Kenny? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you got. I mean, I don't, I, Go on. I, was gonna, I don't know if this, if this is even feasible for... Because obviously you do hear about, you know, veterans that... Um, for whatever reason, can't cope with CV Street and, you know, they, they long to be back in that environment. Mm. I mean, you know, they, the NHS have called on lots of mm-hmm. recently yeah, no. retired and um, and they, a lot have come back. Um, depending on how far this thing goes and whether a full hard lockdown is required, um, and obviously that is going to need service personnel, frontline service personnel, to support the police, I guess, with that. Um, is that even feasible? Might that help some of these individuals sort of perhaps find a different way of working themselves back into being involved in supporting the country, but with skill sets they know? Or would that actually not be probably a wise thing, depending on their scenarios of how they've come out of the army, I guess? Serving, any serving, sorry, not just yeah. the army, anything. Yeah, I think, as you're right, I think depending on their, their situation, their circumstances, um, we do get a lot of um, forces leavers that were in the uh, the regulars, so the full-time um, soldier, sailors, airmen, and yeah. then they re- rejoined to join the reserve force. Okay, yeah. um, so 11th Signal Brigade would, would love a shout-out, I'm sure, locally. Yeah. Uh, anyone that wants <laughs> to join the reserves, now is probably a fantastic time to do that because they are, yeah. they are the front line of fighting the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got the 202 Field Hospital based up at Cotthorne Barracks still. It's a, yeah. a, a reserve unit still based up there with six rifles. Mm-hmm. So they, they are both being stood up right now to go and fight the coronavirus, quite rightly. Um, okay. you know, we, we need that help. So, yeah, if anyone wants to, to join the reserves, it's all online. Um, nice. It's, it's, it's really easy to do. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I just want to say. Many of these. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go on, Jenny. Go on. you I was going to say, many of these have had experience as well with the Ebola crisis. Um, I've got yeah. um, friends whose partners went out to help with that. We've had people from 202, from Gaboin, uh, the orthopaedic hospital as well that went out and dealt with that. So I'm sure many of them kind of know what's coming and uh, will be very yeah. well prepared for it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, just I was just going to say before that, well done, that was really good, actually. It's good that there's a bit of experience there. Like, you know, it's not something they're wandering into blindly. They know what they're doing. But, you know, I want to say to the locals, number one, if you're one of these people that are ignoring what the Prime Minister's saying and you're going out and you're on your jollies and you're up Snowden and you're in there, out there and doing this sort of... Go home! Having a house party. Go home, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stop being... I mean, I heard uh, something in Coventry that a day after the Prime Minister shut the country down, mm-hmm. there was like 30 people having a, a, a public barbecue. barbecue. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. They shut a house party down last night as well, didn't they? Was, I think there was a small house party going on in Shrewsbury and there was a bigger one going on in Birmingham. Oh, <laughs> crazy. It's do do your bit to help people um, in this situation because inevitably, if you're not listening, then, then we are going to get the army on the streets, which, which is understandable, you know? Um, especially the youths that are out there that are kind of like, man, I'm six foot two. I don't need to listen to your mom. You know, they're not American, but you know, they, they, they're not going to listen to mom. They're going to go out or they're going to drive her crazy. Just like, if you see army on the streets, don't panic. Support them. Get behind them. Yeah, you know, totally. because yeah. Uh, we, we we can obviously use our emotional bribery and say, you know, we we've got World War Two soldiers, sailors, and airmen living yeah. in our farms, living in our villages. You know, it's going to be these heroes that that ultimately suffer and pay the ultimate sacri- or ultimate price, should I say, for for people's naivety, stupidity, and, and not yeah. listening to the government advice. Yeah. Um, so do the right thing by by those people, by our, by our heroes, and just stay at home and listen to the advice. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, do you guys want to give uh, people some links and some places where they can go and communicate with you locally? I mean, I guess the Royal British Legion have got the, uh, a big page where that it's a it's a corporate thing and it's huge and it's nationwide. But have you got pages where people can go locally to communicate with you guys? Yeah. Do you want to do your stay first? <laughs> oh, kind of. Yeah. So we're uh, yeah we're on Facebook and Twitter. So we're the uh, either the West Mids Poppy or the West Mids British Legion. Uh, and I've actually been in isolation for almost two weeks now. So I've been trying to do a bit of a, um, a Twitter blog, as it were, of my isolation living with my two kids. So you can read <laughs> on there how, how that's gone. And I've, I've, we had a bit of an argument over what you call a bun or a bap or a roll <laughs> over Twitter. We've had teabag throwing competitions with our, with our, um, our military engagement teams. So, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, we had a bap, by the way. We had an argument with uh, someone because I do another show which is trans- transatlantic, right? So we had this argument about what a, a crumpet was called because Americans they believe a crumpet is a, an English muffin, and I was like, "Yeah, it's yeah. a crumpet." So, no. You know, yeah. So, anyway. um, so that's West Mid's Poppy or Royal British Legion. So we're West Mid's Poppy or West Mid's British Legion, and Jenny, yours is slightly different. So yeah, mine's mine's more localized. So I have um, uh, Poppy Appeal Shropshire on Facebook, or I think I'm um, Shropshire Poppy on Twitter. Um, not on Instagram just yet, um, or um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So if any anyone's kind of in the professional realm and is interested in what we're doing locally and want to connect with me, I'm just on there as Jennifer Roby, which is R-O-B-E-Y, because nobody never knows how to spell it or... <laughs> Or once I, I get married, it'll be it'll be a nightmare because he's half Greek. So hey. <laughs> I'll be selling it again. <laughs> I got I was on a live uh, Facebook. Uh, sorry, excuse me. It was Facebook Live, but I was on a live podcast last night, and he was like, "Hi, I've got Alex Whitley with me right now," and I was like, "It's Whitley. Stop it." <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. I want to give these guys as well. It's Shropshire 
Armed Forces Covenant on Facebook. Give them a follow. Um, really good. I've just been as I've been talking to you guys. I've been having a good browse yeah. on their Facebook now. Really good chaps by the looks of it. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really nice oh, talking it's been to a you. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And when yeah, you guys are up and running, and you do get your events back, or you know, there's some sort of planning involved. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we can uh, help you. We can help you, and yeah. so we can do this again. It'd be nice to do it in person, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but this option is always. Definitely there. come and join me during the poppy appeal as well. It's, yeah. It's. it's a bizarre time of year for when you're on the other side we call it the other side of the poppy and um <laughs> it's nice to come and see the, the behind the scenes and see what our volunteers actually actually do because using to. a military face they dig out blind during the poppy appeal they are incredible well and they work some really long hours really long days and um and do an amazing job so yeah be come and join us it'd be fantastic i'll tell you i'll tell you that. what right once we're up and about once the country's up and about and you do have an event yeah how's about we bring a table some chairs and a studio and we set up at your place and we just speak to some of the the users of of that community yes yes definitely yeah there we go i like that i really like that um okay guys um thank you for for joining this episode thank you julie for it's been nice speaking to you really nice speaking to you (laughs) me and the biscuiteers we've been apart for so long and we've not been doing anything because of all this craziness it's nice to nice to do this um Stay at stay at stay at home, guys. Um, it's 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 crazy out there. It's a beautiful weather. You can go in the garden. You can go for your an hour exercise, whatever. But don't take the uh, the, the, the Michael. The Michael. <laughs> <laughs> this is a serious issue. We've all got to work together. Um, yeah. Support local businesses as well. I mean, this show is sponsored by our friends at Gin Different. And although their stores might not be open at the moment, um, you can still give them a follow on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So, I mean, this is a perfect time where you sat there scrolling on your phones to have a look at local businesses on Instagram and Facebook and just give yeah. them a follow and, and, and let them and the British Legion as well. The, the, the Facebook pages that were just mentioned, give them a follow. That follow, mm-hmm. that like is support. OK, so go out and do yeah. that. Um, and um, yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, guys, make sure you check out our website as well before we sign off properly. Our website is www.theshrewsbybiscuitpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to our audio directly from the website. You don't have to bother with Podbean or anything like that. Uh, and it looks great. And that's made by our friends at Web Orchard. Again, thank you, guys. And take it easy. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.